Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. And Ryan, come back if you love me. How will I survive without you? Baby, come back. (laughs) And I'm Ryan. And what's this? An apricot stone hidden in my hand? Given back to me from the motherland. Wow. Now that's an opening I didn't expect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> said the actress to the bishop wow. <laughs> so they were lyrics from two of the songs we're covering in this episode oh I was just feeling a moment were you? I've just got this apricot stone well that's a weird coincidence then isn't it? Well, you gave it to me I did yeah <laughs> seeing as we're going to New Zealand it's not long since we last recorded so oh a peek behind the curtain I know we're telling Ooh. people that but has anything happened Eurovision-wise since then? Well, I saw an interesting infographic <gasps> about the big five. Tell me all and about it, it. So what it was, was tallying up all their scores from the last six years yeah. and seeing who was the top and who was the bottom. And who was the top and who was the bottom? So the top was Italy, which you'll Oops. be really happy about. Oh, honestly. People vote for Italy all the time. I liked Italy this year, though. But Mark and me. That was all about leather pants, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but germany were at the bottom and they were quite comfortably at the bottom but isn't that only because spaceman came second well yes but also it was because spain only just recently had um chanel be okay, so- third or fourth or whatever so they were actually really close to one another spain in mm. the uk right so- because Spain's had quite a lot of last places as yeah, well. Yeah, they've not been they? doing that great either. But Germany's been doing badly for quite a Germany's while. Germany's been doing really badly. So it's weird to think that anyone's doing worse than the UK, but... Well, it's just weird to think about it in that direction because the opinion in the UK is so negative, isn't it? And it's <laughs> like, oh, we're always the worst. Well, we're of always course, this... Mate, mother, didn't didn't matter. Matter. But actually, yeah. we're doing a lot better than Germany. Well, I'm pleased that you brought this to our attention. Mm. And I think the listeners are as well in their hearts. I think so. <laughs> now that everyone's washed that blood and glitter out of their clothes. <laughs> have we got any other news? Have you got any news? So, I have got news. Oh. Yeah, important news. It's quite personal news. Uh-oh. No, it's just our intention, well, my intention, to seek work in both Sweden and, <laughs> and Norway to coincide with Melfest and Melody Grand Prix. Yeah. I think it's going to work. I've got the opportunity for Oslo work, seven days that university wants they've just got to I think the best time is February is it February yeah Yeah. well the worst thing was you would get you accepted work at the end of March Mm. and I was like don't forget about Melody Festival and I had and you had terrifying so yeah so if anybody else knows of any dates that we need to keep clear before we start booking them up or if anybody's got work that they want us to do around (laughs) those (laughs) that we can be in those countries for I think it would be really funny if Cecilia is still listening to the podcast, Cecilia from Oslo, who hired me there. And mm. she's actually like, oh, that's why they want February. Yeah, that's why they think you're February. Of course it is. Mm. It was sweet when they listened and they said, oh, that sounded really professional. And she was really surprised. Rude. Very rude. But fair. <laughs> fair. I mean, they had been drinking with us that night. We perhaps didn't come over as professional podcasters that evening. It's always possible that we didn't come over well. I'm just trying to think what we were doing. We were eating lots of plant-based burgers. That was true, yeah. And we had his beer. Oh, the beer was good. Brilliant beer. His homebrew. Wasn't it good? I was expecting him to have to be really polite about it. <laughs> it was actually, oh my God, give me more. Give me a crate of beer. Anyway, moving on. This is episode 20. I know. Wow. Of our Eurovision Queens podcast. I think as well, this might come out on our anniversary of putting the first episode up. Oh, wow. I'll put in the first episode. I thought you meant, oh, maybe our, the... I thought you meant our anniversary. No, not our anniversary. Okay. We've got so many different anniversaries. <laughs> True. Yes. Um, really? Cool. Yeah. 
Fantastic. So are we a year old? So I think we're a year old. Can you play in some suitable sound effects to celebrate this? Like streamers? Do you want Cliff Richard's congratulations? Yes, I do actually. (laughs) (laughs) Here he comes. Congratulations and celebrations when I tell everyone that you're in love with me. It was only a matter of time before he kicked his way on, wasn't it? Yeah. So, anyway, it's time for you to put down the... I don't know. The dog? <laughs> so let's tell you how it works. Are you going to tell us how it works, right? Yes. Go on, then. Each episode, we aim to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. What are the first three, Andy? The first three are from different periods in Eurovision history. We start with a song from the last five years, then a song from five to 15 years, and thirdly, anything pre-2009. Anything at all, I tell you. The second three will be a UK entry, a song that failed to make it past the semi-finals, and the Juice Award for an act that never got past its national selection. Wow. And then we hand over to the randomizer. The randomizer, who amazingly chose one of my favourite ever Eurovision songs last time. Well, they've gone 2017, 2018. Teen. So it'll be 2019 this week. Or Could. it'll be the 1967 old crooner from Spain effect. Yep, it'll definitely be that one. Yeah. If that sounds like fun, we'd like you to join us on this Eurovision journey. But before we get started, it's time for us to hear that familiar anthem. Up first is our last five years song, and we're going to 2020, the year that time forgot. Yeah. We're off to Ireland with Leslie Roy and Story of My Life. Hey, 
So that was Leslie Roy with Story of My Life in the year that never was. Mm. So she was scheduled to be in the first semi-final. Ooh. Yes. Coming hot in with the facts. I know. (laughs) I feel sorry for Leslie Roy. I really do. I know. Because this was a good, strong song. And then we loved Maps. But when she finally got to come back, having lived Eurovision for so long, for two years of her life, she got devoted to Eurovision. Yeah. She came back to do Maps in 2021. And what position did it come? Well, it failed to qualify. I think it was last in its semi-final. Was it really? Ouch. I mean, the mess that was Maps. If someone asked me what's the messiest staging of a Eurovision song, I think I would immediately say Maps. I think so, yeah. It was was mental, wasn't it? Because I remember loving this. Yeah. And obviously then being so excited when she came back Mm. and then loving Maps as well, thinking, Mm. oh, wow, she's actually done, managed to do it better. Yeah. Because this was definitely one of my top five Mm. from 2020. And then as soon as it was on the stage, I was like, oh, no. What maps? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh no. I well, think she it was some um, forwards, and there was lots of different bits of stations. Like she was in a little like in front of her. Yeah, like a little set, but in a book or like oh, a little. It was so paper much. scene and stuff. I remember like Rylan or someone was like, "Be ready for this. It's a lot." <laughs> it I was. was. Like, oh no. Poor Leslie. Yeah. I wonder how she feels about Eurovision when she's sitting. Well, this is the thing. When she's sitting, I didn't say where she was sitting. It sounded weird. But yeah, carry on. (laughs) I think if 2020 had have happened and this would have been the song, Mm. I think this was... This was a much more Eurovision friendly song and yeah. I can I can picture the staging in my head and the the song is like about her being sort of treated badly in the music industry and not being allowed to be herself because right. she's so, a, she's a songwriter as well as a singer She's an artist she is. and you can tell she's an artist yeah. that's the thing but I think then the Eurovision machine must have like ground her down a little bit and like Maybe the creative direction went weird or something? For maps, certainly. But we never knew how this was going to be staged. We watched the version on the Late Late Show. Mm. Um, boy, have they got to get rid of that Late Late Show staging of, of the Irish National Final. It's, it feels like an old 90s BBC Song for Europe set uh, with clapping audience. Yeah, and it's sat just, audience clapping uh, that are all too well lit. It's very working club, people. sort of. Oh, and they're all oldish. Yeah. And it's like, no, you want to get a classy... Well, not classy, you want a trendy new vibe. Well, it just needs to be more of like a, a club. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It Even if it was so just for that one. cheap. So cheap. Yeah. Um, that was internally selected, though. Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't realise that. didn't win the vote. She was internally selected. Why? Well, what happened? What do you... Did something weird happen? What do you mean? Well, like, did the whoever won decided they didn't want to go or something like that? Or? No, they just chose that, yeah, we're going to choose who it is. Oh, right. Yeah, it was like a closed jury or something, wasn't it? Like, no yeah. public vote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. quite often happens in Eurovision. I want to take us through the last 10 years in Irish Eurovision history, if I may. Oh, okay. So, looking at Irish Eurovision history, mm-hmm. as we are now... It's a long time since they've done well, isn't it? I mean, we've got Together by Ryan O'Shaughnessy, which we had a few episodes ago, chosen by the randomizer, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was um, 16th in the contest, uh, having been 6th in its semi-final. But that's the best result. And before that, you have to go back to Jedward with um, Lipstick, which was 8th, and Waterline, which was 19th. I didn't realise they did back-to-back years. No, I hadn't realised either, actually. I'm trying to look at the other ones and thinking, do I remember them? I remember Nicky Byrne performing, but the others I don't remember at all. But um, Leslie Roy, I remember both of those really strongly. Brooke, that's rich. I wasn't really into the 2022 year um, for lots of different reasons, but um, you liked that one, didn't you? I liked it, but I could see as soon again... As soon as they, it started on the um, semi, I was like, yeah. oh, no. It was just cheap. And then, we, of course, we had the filled gold jumpsuit that was 2023. <laughs> yeah, although it had potential, <laughs> but that camel knuckle... Oh, let's not think <laughs> Why did no one tell him? Anyway, yeah, so Ireland, really, they need to change their fortunes. So obviously with Leslie Roy in 2020, they think, right, well, internally select this person, that'll make a difference. 
But then I think Brooke and Wild Youth were both, you know, public vote. Mm. So will they go back to choosing someone? We just don't know whether this one would have done really well. I think it would have qualified. I do. I really do. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think this was, as much as Maps was an equal song to this, yeah. I just think Story of My Life just had that, maybe like a more of a personal connection to her, mm-hmm. so she could have really given it the oomph. And the music video as well is really inclusive, uh-huh. so I feel like that message would have been brought onto the stage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that would have worked really well. Yeah. But we will never know. That is the curse of 2020. Oh. Um, yeah. So, Story of My Life by Leslie Roy. A great way to start the show, though. Are we going to find anything out about her? So, she's an Irish singer-songwriter from Balbriggan, County Dublin. And she released her debut album, Unbeautiful, in 2008. So, up next is our 5 to 15 years song. This is from Armenia in 2010. It's Apricot Stone by Eva Rivas. Many, many years ago When I was a little child Mama told me you should know Our world is cruel and wild But to make your way through cold and heat Love is all that you need I believed her every word More than anything I heard But I was too scared to lose my fall I began to cry a lot And she gave me apricots Kisses of the earth, fruits of the sun Apricots, stone hidden in my hand Given back to me Eva Rivas with Apricot Stone. You'd not heard that before, had you? I had not. And what did you make of it? I am very glad there was a giant Apricot Stone <laughs> on as the middle of the staging. That yeah. made me very happy. <laughs> and the tree, which rather sinisterly comes up. It grows out of the apricot. It does. At the end of the song, it's yeah. It's hiding until that point. Yeah. There's a kind of slightly Albanian vibe with the family on stage as well. I don't think they are her family, but... Yeah, the backing singers. Yes. Yeah. But she's a good singer, isn't she? She's a good singer. And she can move. But what did you say about her hair? <laughs> oh, the thirsty hair extensions. <laughs> and she's also the epitome of a nice floaty top and some nice jeans. Right. 
But the floaty top is like a mullet top, so it's like goes into a dress at the back. Is that okay or is that wrong? I feel it's a very much a product of its time, but also that's now coming back. <laughs> okay, good. So this is this is surprisingly 13 years ago now, which I can't quite believe. Because mm. this is, feels like a recent one to me. <laughs> but nice jeans and a floaty top is peak hun culture. Right, okay, good to know. So, yeah, what did you... Did you like the song? <laughs> um, it, it's okay. Mm. It's all right. I think it's fun. I like the ethnic vibe. It's probably more of a me song than a yeah. you song. But I, even I find it a bit odd that it's an ode to an apricot stone. It's a bit of a weird thing to talk about. But then I guess it's, you know, it's about roots. It's about um, nature. It's about growth. Things like that. It's the old guy sat with his little... It's the old guy with the little flute. Yeah. With it. He's, very, he's like fancy dressed, but he's got his shirt untucked. But it's, it's still in his... Cumberbatch? Cumberbatch? Is Benedict Cumberbatch? Is it a Cumberbunt? Yeah, a Cumberband. Cumberband. Oh, I knew I was going to get it wrong. Benedict Cumberbatch. So he's got a shirt in that, but the tails of his shirt still hanging out I of it. I don't know why you got obsessed with that. I wasn't really looking. <laughs> details. I don't know why. There was a lot going on on stage. There and was. then there was an interpretive dancer. Yeah. He young was older than you boy, thought he was. Boy, 40-year-old. Okay. Um... Yeah. He was, was watering the stone. And there was a moment at which there was so much fire, it looked very dangerous, didn't it? Those extensions were in danger. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I tell you a bit about Eva Rivas? Yes. Full name, Valeria Alexandrovna Reshetinikova Satorian. That's a lot of letters. It is, isn't it? It's greedy for letters. Born in 1987, which makes her 36 now. But then she was only 23, bless her heart. She wanted to perform at Eurovision again the following year, but for some reason Armenia didn't take part the following year. I don't know why. Was there a war? They probably spent the budget on pyrotechnics there. Yeah, maybe. What position do you think this came? 13th. 13th? No, it did a lot better than that. Really? Yes. It was 7th. Wow. Yeah. Good grief. I know. One of Armenia's strongest placings. I think the best it did, Armenia, so far was fourth with Kella Kella, which we had a few oh, yeah. you know, episodes ago. Um, but yeah, this was seventh. So it's it's a strong performance by Armenia. So I know what I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah. What position do you think it came in the semi-final? Third. Oh, that was confident. Oh, wait, it was just, there weren't semis. No, well, was it a trick question? No, it was 2010. Oh. Um, it placed sixth in the semi-final. Okay, so it kind of did better yeah, going but, into the finale then. Yeah, but that often happens, doesn't it? Because you're having two lots of semi-finals going into the final. So that makes sense. But to only drop one place to seventh is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, is that what you were saying? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, average-wise, yeah. it didn't drop much from that placing. Yeah. Indeed. So that was Apricot Stone. What have we got next? So the next up, we've got our over 15 years. Oh, It's a classic, this one. It's from Norway in 2006. It's Alva Dansen by Christine Goldbranson.
Okay, so that was Christine Gilbranson with Alvedansen, otherwise Dance of the Elves, from Norway in 2006. Did you know that one? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't sing it back to you either. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alva Danson, it's kind of a classic for me. It's kind of like, yeah, it's the dance of the elves. I was expecting it to be much more ethnic on stage than it was. It was very middle-aged women going to a cocktail bar, wasn't it? No, it was sister wives. Tell me about the sister wives. It was, we're six wives of the same man. We're looking for a seventh. Would you like to join? Because <laughs> they're all blonde. There's one of them isn't blonde. I know. But the- she the got rest are all blonde, yeah. all wearing white. Yeah. It's it's a lot. It was a troubling length, though, wasn't it, that dress? And, and they the, were wearing the fact that like they're gold. shredded at the bottom know, as well. Like the, the rats had been at them. Yeah. But also, like, there was the gold sandaly high heels, which aren't great either. Mm. Wasn't appreciating the look. They, we needed more of an ethnic vibe. I would have actually been happy if elves had danced on the stage. <laughs> It's Dance of the Elves, not Dance of the Sister Wives or Dance of the <laughs> Bar Women. No. I hadn't remembered how bad the staging was. Well, and like you said, it was the year of Moya Stickler. And Show Me Your Love by Tina Carroll. So, yeah. honestly, good staging. So there was a hell of a lot going on and at the same time. And wind machine on Corolla with Invincible. It was a really oh, good year. Yeah. So, yeah, it didn't stand up. It was sung fifth. Which might give you a clue as to how well it did ultimately. What position did you think it came out of 26 acts that night? 12th. It was 14th. Okay. Yeah. So not great, but for me it's a classic. I was rather too excited to discover, and you're going to play in a bit of this, (laughs) that it's now available, or it has been for many years, (laughs) is an English version called Elf Dance. So I finally will understand what the hell she's singing about. of course of this um, the story of Fire Saga the Eurovision film because of <laughs> <Yes>. the elves <laughs> yeah although they were Icelandic elves weren't they they weren't Norwegian they're practically neighbours are they well they're, they're the Nordic yeah little... they're Nordic but they're quite a long way apart yeah but spiritually spiritually yes and culturally mm. together so do you want to find more about Christine Goldbranson and her sister wives. <laughs> she hasn't got sister wives. Stop spreading rumours about Christine. She doesn't like it. She is best known for performing at Eurovision in 2006. Bless her. But she's had some successful albums. Most importantly, the album Surfing in the Air. Um, Wikipedia doesn't tell us much about her since 2011. So I think her career either has been put on hold or... It's just not media worthy. But for five or six years, she was a thing. She was born in Bergen in Norway and she's quite pretty. <laughs> that wasn't a fact. That was just me deciding. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So Christine, back in 2006, um, didn't have to qualify through the semi-final because there was a weird rule thing in place in those 2000s, which is odd which was if Norway had done the... Well, if any country had done well the previous year, then you got automatically, you got a place in the final. So the 10 highest placing finishers in 2005 got to automatically um, appear in the final in 2006. So it's a rule you've probably not heard of before. They really make up some rules, don't they? Yeah. That doesn't seem fair. No, because it's like based if you on did, nothing. If you did well last year, then Therefore, you can do whatever you want yeah, next year. Doesn't fit, does it? No, it's... It, I guess that was just before they then expanded it to two semi-finals. Mm. 
So yeah, the two semi-finals seems to work way better than yeah. agreed. Yeah, yeah. So that was Alva Dansen or Elf Dance, if you prefer. And I might, I just might. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. So we've spent the break dancing with elves, haven't we? They're just those elves just came through and just danced. There's an elf dance break. <laughs> there was an elf dance break. And they weren't wearing white cocktail dresses or gold sandals. I'm pleased to report. We are here now. <laughs> <laughs> images going through my head. Um, we're at the UK entry time of the show. We're going back to 2002. And a song that did really well. Potentially a winner. Not quite there. I think I've revealed too much about how well it did to Ryan. This is Comeback by who? Jessica Garlic. didn't know about that performance was that she performed second on the night and still did brilliantly that doesn't happen i think if the uk would have been given slot number two now people would scream wouldn't they yes this is one of our best performances in the last well 20 30 years and we came third equal with this song oh okay yeah i'm just trying to remember who we came third equal with so 
Yes, I thought so. She came third equal with Celine with Runaway, friend of the podcast, Celine. Oh. Yes. I thank you. Um, so I think she did really well from coming second because the other songs that were in the top five were in 8th, 17th, 20th and 23rd. So well done, Jessica. Did you watch Pop Idol when she was in Pop Idol? I think I did, yeah. I did, yeah. That was when, like, peak Pop Idol. Was she the first or second year? Was Was that with Will Young then? I think it might have been. Let's find out. So, of course, there are only two series of Pop Idol, I'm being reminded now, because, Mm -hmm. of course, then Simon Cowell got greedy and wanted all the money, so he created the X Factor, because he said, oh, it's crucially different to Pop Idol, so I can get more money for it. Yeah. But she was in that very first series, which was really a big series, wasn't it? Because as well as Will Will Young and Gareth Gates, you had Rosie Ribbons, who I remember, Zoe Burkett, and we had Jessica Garlic. So, yeah, it was pretty, um, it was a big deal, wasn't it, that series? Wasn't there also... Darius. Darius, of course, Darius Dinesh. Rest in peace. Yes, no longer with us. Yeah. So a lot of names, a lot of blasts from the past there. What did you think of Jessica's performance anyway? I didn't say. I thought it was a quality park and bark. Wasn't it? It was of times gone by, I suppose. Yeah. There's a kind of slightly dodgy ethnic sort of like American Indian sort of vibe to her outfit. Well, she looked like a wild dancer. Yes. It had the wild dancer sort of thing. Yeah. But for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And that was all browns and it was all very shredded. Mm. And then she had pink pixie, pixie boots, didn't she? <laughs> it was it was a mess. <laughs> it was really, wasn't it? Yeah. And the people behind her, the backing dancers, were dressed in all manner of terrible blouse and, and trousers. <laughs> Another bunch of sister wives. No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good, though. Although there was some good... Come back, Hans. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't quite Bananarama level of of like doing exactly what you're saying. Come back. It was more like arms out and then gradually bringing them back, wasn't it? Yeah. But we like that. I approve. I think it's a strong UK entry and one I think should be remembered more and played more. I'll have you know. I suppose it's not getting played in clubs, though, is it? Well, it wouldn't be, would it? It would be played in a school disco, maybe. Or maybe back in 2002. Back, in, back when school discos yeah. used to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it probably hasn't been played at a public event in about 20 years, I'd guess. No. I feel like this is now my challenge, to play it at a public event. Oh, God. And I'm ready to take on that mantle. So, what is our next category, Ryan? Next up is our semi-final exit category. Yeah, and I'm a bit nervous about this one, because I chose it having remembered it from quite a few years ago now. And now I'm thinking... It might be a bit shit. We're going to find out. It's called Soldiers of Love and it's by Lighthouse X. And this was seeking to get into the final for Denmark in 2016. Tell me why we always tend to close our eyes What's the reason that we keep on hiding We can make it if we try I don't know why we don't care There's nothing to fear when I know you are there So let's not wait for someone else To make it right, make it right Take my hand and never
Okay, so that was Soldiers of Love that failed to qualify from semi-final two back in 2016. 2016. I have never heard that. Uh Uh-huh. I imagine the recorded version is probably quite good. Yeah. I have a feeling those three guys have never spoken to one another as soon as they didn't qualify. <laughs> wow. I feel like they they looked so excited to be on the stage together. Yeah. And then I think they would have taken it so badly that they will never want to see each other again. You see, I really enjoyed that. It's, th- it's a level of cheese. Yeah. But I quite enjoy it. I find it quite catchy. Two of them are good looking. <laughs> <laughs> the blonde one isn't. Mm, the middle one. No. He doesn't do much either, either. No. He doesn't do much either, either. But, um, yes, I think maybe I just f- found two of them very attractive. <laughs> I think there's a good song in there somewhere. Like, those two, the two attractive guys yeah. have good voices as yeah. well. Yeah. But it's just a little bit, like, I don't know. There's just something just missing. Maybe the third needed to elevate it. Be a bit hot more. as well. <laughs> yeah. I think also it's the fact that they're singing about Soldiers of Love, which is a bit of a corny idea let's be soldiers of love for life it doesn't really make sense and it's just a bit trying to be macho about love which doesn't really work i like their outfits there were some nice tight-fitted trousers and Mm -hmm. some zippy features bbc leathery features (laughs) liked all that going on (laughs) quite happy with that yeah um and there was some good hair apart from the blonde one but um let me tell you the story behind this one when I was in Copenhagen in 2016, we turned the TV on. Do you remember we went to the Black Diamond recently? In yes. In Copenhagen. Where, and I said, I taught here in 2016. Yeah. Well, I'd forgotten when it was. It was 2016. It was the night when this won the Danish national final. So oh, we wow. happened to turn the TV on and this was winning at the point we saw it. And there was so much feverish response from the crowd when this won. I was like oh my God, this is going to do amazing at Eurovision because mm-hmm. everyone's going wild here in Denmark for it. Yeah. So I thought I had stolen a sort of march on the on the knowledge. Like you early yeah. insight. I was like, oh my God, this is going to do so well. And then I saw it at the semi-final. I was thinking, yeah, it's going to qualify. And it didn't. Right. So that's my Copenhagen story. The only time I've ever seen the Danish national final. On TV though. On TV. So oh. you were so close and yet so far away from I know. It. I was in Copenhagen at the time, which was cute. Yeah. Mm. It was the day before I taught the course. <laughs> so you could have gone? Could. True fact. So how do you think it did? Um, so was this... This is when there were two semis, wasn't there? Yeah, this is 2016. It's not that long ago. Um, I'm going to say maybe it came 15th. So you were close. It was 17th. It didn't do well at all, did mm, it? No. Why? And what we also discovered with a quick check of trusty wikipedia because they were also right that they disbanded the same year they were like that's swiftly afterwards (laughs) yeah what a shame bless them um we also um saw that they won 42 percent of the public vote when they won so they were very popular and I, i i sort of rode that popularity wave into thinking in denmark yes that they were gonna do really well so the band was formed in 2012 and as Ryan predicted, they they disbanded <laughs> soon after Eurovision, only a few months later. I feel like the appearances they had were already booked in from when they were. Oh, so they did those few. So they did they did the ones that they were contractually obliged to do. Yeah, and then went their separate ways. Indeed, the members of Lighthouse X were Soren Bregendahl, Johannes Nymark, and Martin Skriver. So there you go. All the names. So that was our semi-final exit song. The next category is the Juice Award. I need you to go to Eurovision. So what have we got, Ryan? We've got Waterfall by Evelyn Samuel, who tried to represent Estonia in 2022. Have we already had an Estonia 2022? We've had multiple ones. Oh, it's a good year. We've even had the winner. Oh, wow. In an actual episode. Let's hear it now. I feel like the 
So that was Evelyn Samuel with Waterfall. So how do you think that did in the Estonian national final in 2022? Oof, I don't know, because we've had quite a few from this one, haven't we, yeah. already? It was a good year, we so... We played Stig Raston with Interstellar, didn't we? Yeah. And the winner was, I hope? It was Hope. Hope. By Stefan. Yes. Yes, I should know that, because I like it so much. You do. Um, fifth. No, it was actually eliminated at the quarterfinal stage. Ooh, that's a shame. <laughs> I know. It didn't even... Um, it was eliminated in the semi-final, sorry. It got through the quarterfinal, didn't get through the semi-final. So it wasn't in the final, actually. So, um, yeah. And we, I, we got onto this because we watched a clip of the video, didn't we? And the video felt very me. I liked the feel of the video. I think performed live, it looked a bit lost. It wasn't unlike Alva Danson with lots of long white dresses. Mm. Or at least they were a bit longer than the ones in than the sister wives in our <laughs> Yeah, I think it's got a uniqueness to it that maybe it takes a little bit more to get. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that is even less obvious on the stage. But I think there's yeah there's 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 a weird energy to it which I quite like. It's got yeah. some weird little bits in it. Yeah, I like it. It's got that ethnic vibe that I like. I think it's it's melodic. Um, I like the fact that it's an older an older person. Um, singing. I mean, I say old. She's younger than me still. But um, I like <laughs> the fact that it's it's someone of age rather than a young maid, as it were. Yeah. She has actually um, represented Estonia in the final of Eurovision before. In 1999. Oh, she gosh. Represented, represented Estonia with the song Diamond of Night alongside Camille. And she finished in sixth. Wow. So she's done well before now. So, yeah. This was um, not to be, but she's also given the points for Estonia in other years as well. Okay, so she's very close to the Eurovision. Yeah, I think it's her bag. She does bubble like it. Yes. Yeah. So is it so. time to let the randomizer I take think the reins? It might be time, although we're never quite ready for this. But recently, the randomizer has. So I'm us. expecting 2019. Are you? I'm expecting 1967, <laughs> and as I said, a Spanish or Italian crooner. Mm. Here we go. I'm about to click the button. Are you ready? Go for it. Are you holding furniture? Yes, I am actually. Ooh, dear. I was way more right than you were. Yeah. This is 1973. I was six years out. This could be anything. Mm. So back in 1973, there were 17 songs. What songs are it going to be? Number two. Number three. Number Ooh, six. What which have we got? was... Monaco. Marie with the song Un Tran qui part, sung in French.
That was Marie, um, full name Marie-France Dufour, who performed for Monaco back in 1973 with Un Train qui part, which means the train that leaves. So randomizer back to peak randomizer levels there. Absolutely. What did you think of Marie's performance? It was a bit shouty. It was. She had one of those voices that was kind of like very prevalent in the 70s of like really piercing. And it's like she's got a strong voice, but it sort of like just overrides a bit too much. Yeah, the camera work was also really jarring as well because it was really tight in on her from shoulders up. Yeah. But she never looked at the camera. And when it did pan out, it panned out to three backing singers. Who were dreadfully dressed. Who were dreadful. Three mums dressed by, well, dressed by themselves, actually, because they looked terrible. Well, each in a different clashing curtain. Party frock of death. Yeah. And what did you describe the situation with the microphone? It was the microphone shortage of 1973. <laughs> it was. Because they're huddled around one microphone. Yeah. Not enough to go around. No. But um, it was a confident performance for Marie. Did you see what position it came? Yeah, I think it was eighth. Yes, it was yeah. eighth. The next person to sing, well, the next group to sing was Spain, Mossiadis with Eris 2, which we've mm. had on the podcast before. Very famous. But um, yeah, what won that year? I'm trying to think. So the winner that year was, of course, Anne-Marie David for Luxembourg with Tuta Reconnaître for Luxembourg, which brings us on to that bit of news that was... It's old news now, but Luxembourg going to be in the contest again next year. Oh, yeah. All full circle. I know. So that was Marie-France Dufort. Do we put it on the playlist? I'm going to imagine that's not on Spotify. Oh. But I don't... I wouldn't put it on the playlist. No, it's a bit piercing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to do some of the lyrics. Was I not? A train ticket crumpled in a pocket, within a hand a pocketbook. She's only 18 years old, a big suitcase, blue eyes looking at a train that arrives. A train that leaves is a bit like home, a train that leaves for the one who never knew a home. A train that leaves, a train that leaves is a bit like a song. A train that leaves for the one who doesn't hear songs being sung at the departure. So yeah, it was about someone leaving the countryside, going to Paris to find her way. Confidently sung by Marie-France Dufour. Hmm. Thank you, Randomizer. I mean, it's good to shine a light on songs that we don't necessarily know. Exactly, And we tend to go towards the more recent years. So it's nice to have one from the 70s to remind Mm. us of Eurovision yesteryear. Yep. Yeah. So that was the show. What was your favourite track from this episode, Ryan? Oh, Leslie Roy. Really? Yeah. Story of my life. Yeah. I love that song so much. Yeah. And it's just unfairly forgotten, I think. Uh Uh-huh. I think I'm going to go with... Oh, it's it's tough because they're not standout songs for me. There's some okay ones. I think I'm going to have to be patriotic and go for Jessica Garlic. Actually, it's not about being patriotic. It's just going for a bloody good singer. Jessica Garlic with Come Back. Loved it. I enjoyed Eva Rivas with Apricot Stone as well. <laughs> but it was a bit silly. So yeah, Jessica Garlic has it for me. So that's the end of the show. If... You want to have a chat with us on Twitter? We'd love that. Maybe you could suggest some songs we could play, or just let us know how you feel about the show. On Twitter, we're at EuroQueensPod. On Instagram, we're EurovisionQueens. On email, EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. And we've got a very exciting Spotify playlist of all the songs we've played all the way through the whole entire episodes. Yeah. Just search for Eurovision Queens on Spotify and you will find us, and you'll find the podcast as well. Until next time. Um, are you going to still cradle that apricot stone in your hand? Can I throw it away yet? No, you must keep it. You must nurture it because it's your connection to the land, to the motherland. What about if I eat it? 
then the motherland is inside me. This is getting weird. <laughs> it's time to go. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them. 